0: And just like that, we're back. I know y'all been waiting for another episode to drop. All my DMs are like, when's the next episode dropping? And I'm like, hopefully soon. We got so many cool episodes headed your way. Good guests, good topics, diversity in topics. And you know how much I love athletics. Mainly my two sports. Well, three sports are college wrestling, not in this order, ping pong. And my absolute favorite of all time is baseball. (laughs) Baseball. I used to think I was so good at baseball. You hear my guest laughing on the other end because he knows he's actually seen videos of my swing and I tell him that it's good and he tells me I must be drinking too much Jack Daniels, which is the presenting sponsor of tonight's episode. Enjoy it responsibly. Tennessee sour mash whiskey. Never allow underage drinking. Take Jack with you, but again, everything in moderation. He has been there for us so many good times and sad times and high times and low times, but one thing we keep in mind is the responsibility level of it, and we truly appreciate Jack Daniels and everything they stand for. My guest today... I. Like I've known a lot about Charlie Blackman for a long time. Um, I just met him two and a half years ago. We hit it off. We got some mutual common bonds, including fly fishing, hunting. I love his nickname, Chuck Nasty. But let's just start this off. First of all, welcome, my man. How are you?
1: Hey, Chad. Thanks for having me.
0: I love your dude tonight, dude. You look like, I don't know what you look like, man. It's almost like the beard, the hair game, the mullet. I mean, it's it's looking stronger than ever right now. Look at that
1: a mid-season form. Yes sir.
0: It's not mid-season though.
1: It's it's it's, it's either in-season or it's not and it is right now. So, here we well, are. Well, let's
0: let's start off with this. Um you're you're off to a would you say a slow start for Charlie that's, Blackman?
1: Yeah, that's a that's an accurate description.
0: Okay, so last year you're off to one of the hottest starts in major league history i mean it was almost like george brett isk you know when he hit when he was chasing ted williams but for a long time and it was the covid season but still you were raking what is what's the difference i know that one thing's for sure you probably don't stress out about it right because it is what it is you know you're going to end up around 300 it's just a matter of getting in getting in the groove or what
1: it's 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 a whole combination of things. If I, if I could tell you exactly what it was, I would just fix the, you know, fix it um, and be, you know, get exactly one point two hits every night. You know, that's that's not feasible. Um, but it's I mean, that's the beauty of baseball, right? Like you just any given day, any team can beat another team. And that's I mean, that's part of why we have to play one hundred and sixty two games. And even that sometimes doesn't tell us who the best team in the league is. So do you get
0: stressed is a guy that it smiles as much as you a guy that has such an unbelievable life you've built this life your lovely wife your new puppy you're close with your parents you're a, you're a very successful major league baseball player which is a dream of a lot of kids out there do you still get down charlie blackman when you look at the papers and see somebody say something like well is age catching up with chuck nasty is he really chuck nasty at the play anymore does it bother you
1: Uh, well, I don't really pay attention to what other people are saying. Um, and yeah, I mean, I get stressed out. This is what I do, right? Like this is, you know, this is one of the most important things in my life and I'm super competitive. So I want to kick everybody's butt. And that's, I think that's what you'll hear from people at the highest level, right? Like, it doesn't matter. Uh, I, you know, I want to win every single time out and, you know, that's not always going to happen, but I, I still think that drive is what helps people reach that really top level.
0: When you have your success, and I do want to get into the 2017 season just a touch because you've you've already been there, done that a bunch, but that was – Still, I mean, if you look at the league leaders in seventeen, from triples to average to, you know, run scored to plate appearances, I mean, you were leading in everything. It was Altuve in the American League with Houston, and Charlie Blackman, and then you know you you had you had the 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 big home run hitter in Miami that's moved on since then, and Giancarlo, but. When you're at that level that you are, Charlie, is there anything a hitting coach can say to you? And I'm asking this for my own good of, like, when you're a high school kid, like, you've met my nephew on some FaceTimes. And by the way, he's absolutely raking, hit a big bomb on Saturday. You'd be proud of him. Um, Was seven for seven on the day and a double dip. but. uh, um Is there anything, a hitting coach at that level? I know there's unbelievable hitting coaches at major league level and all the way through the minor leagues, but is there anything they can say to you or do they just kind of leave you alone and let you find your way?
1: There's a, there's a lot, uh, that relationship at that level, there's a, you know, a lot of mutual respect. Um, but a lot of what our, our hitting coaches do is, is help me in my preparation, right? Like I know what I need to do. I've been doing it for a while and they're there to like supplement That's right. So they're helping me in the cage. They're helping me do the stuff that I feel like I need to do every day to perform on the field. And then if things are going great, they're there to, you know, pat me on the back. If things aren't going great, you know, sometimes we need to have a, you know, we have a, have a little talk or maybe they see something that I'm not feeling, uh, but it's, it's kind of a fluid situation. And, and I always say hitting is, is a moving target. It's uh you've never totally got it figured out. Uh, it's kind of like duck hunting, you know, you, you, there's so many variables involved that, that, you know, most of the time it's, it's this, this, and this, but sometimes it's like some of these things way down the list that are, are the difference between success and failure.
0: Is there anything that you do different that you realize or notice right now that you weren't doing last year, or have you been in kind of the same? I, I don't know if it's just like your routine has been the same mm-hmm. for years because you're a, you're a multiple time all-star you're a, a silver slugger award winner. You are a batting champion in the highest level of the game you can get Has something changed in the last 60 days because you were hitting well in spring training, and then all of a sudden, does something just change, or do you just what is it? I just help me figure out what's going
1: on. No, I I think that's you know, that's just the nature of the game. There's there's ups and downs, you're gonna be hot, you're gonna be cold. And and sometimes, you know, last year, like like we said, I I just came out hot and uh and this year it's you know, I'm not as hot. And so I think uh, you know, experience helps you narrow the gap from your peaks and valleys. I obviously I'd like those to be cl- Well, I'd like them to be more like all the way up here all the time, but that's, you know, that's not the case. Uh, and so when, you know, when you have things like that, um, you know, not everything is in my control. You know, sometimes the pitchers make good pitches. Sometimes it's snowing outside like it was today during our game. Uh, you know, sometimes there's just things you got to overcome. Uh um, but it, I think it's important to fall back on controlling the controllables, right? Like I can only control my attitude, my preparation, you know, my, my work ethic, you know, that kind of thing. And once I, you know, I feel like those are pretty good. You know, my process is pretty good and I have faith in the process. So I, I know that that will produce success. You know, it could be tomorrow, it could be next week, uh, but it's, you know, it, it's what I've relied on in the past and, and it's, it's served me well.
0: You say you trust in the process, Charlie, but you also have to trust in your upper management from the head coach to the general manager, the guys making the decisions, the trades, the signings during the draft. You went through some stuff this offseason where the team lost some players. You're in the cellar right now, and I don't sugarcoat stuff because I know you're the same way. You're a competitor. You want to win. The Rockies are supposed to win. You're in the National League West. That's got the returning, you know, World Series champions. The Giants are even playing a little bit hot right now. You know, mm-hmm. it's you know eleven and seven or something. But how does it affect a guy with your mentality? You're a lifelong winner, and I know that you have to fail to succeed. But what is the outlook like when you go to the yard and you feel like? Well, Some of the pieces just aren't there to put together a winning team, or does that even enter your mind?
1: Um, you know, I I do have a lot of confidence in in our organization and and the people that are making decisions, and I think you know they're there for a reason, right? Qualified to do their job, just like I'm qualified to do my job. And, And once again, you know, a lot of that's not in my control, you know. So, for me to worry about that or like let that bring me down or affect my performance is unprofessional you know for me so my you know my job is is to win the game right and that's that's it's me and 25 other guys and and that's our only job you know and, and sometimes that means you know moving a runner over with a ground ball to help us win the game it doesn't always mean hitting a home run in the ninth inning um but it's you know it's it's It's, it's, there's a lot that goes into the game, a lot that people don't see behind the scenes. You know, we don't show up at six o'clock for a seven o'clock game. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of guys working really hard, uh, you know, that wear that uniform. You hear
0: stories sometimes of veterans. Would you consider yourself a veteran at this time in your career? I think are Are you mid range right now? I don't know if you're a veteran. I know that you've been there, done that. Yeah. But are you? Would you be identified or defined as a veteran right now?
1: I, th- I think so. Uh, I certainly, as I tell my, uh, one of my locker mates right next to me, I'm still, I am i haven't peaked yet just yet, or I keep, you know, I keep telling them that I'm still on the way up. I'm still learning uh, every time I go out there and every bat, I think I can learn something. So I think there's, you know, there's a lot of good baseball in front of me, but I do think you know, having having done it for a while and being one of the older guys on the team, I, I think it's safe to say I'm a veteran.
0: So you hear these stories, Charlie Blackman, sometimes of a veteran saying, um, I believe I just heard it in the NBA. Somebody was talking about how one uh, – I think it was Harden said, you know, signed this big deal with Houston, but then said, I have to be traded because I – may or may not have very much longer on my contract or I mean in my career I want to go to a winner we don't have a chance to win in Houston I want to go to a winner does that ever enter your mind that you have to get somewhere to win if you don't think that the Colorado's the place uh,
1: you know I think the the I guess we'll call it the culture the uh, you know the relationships in the NBA is a little different you know the teams are much bigger in, in baseball and uh, I think I think ultimately players want to win, uh, and me personally, like I'm super Type A. Like, if we're not winning, it's probably because it's you know I need to be doing better as as one of the guys on the team. That's pretty recognizable. When things aren't going well, I, you know, I assume that responsibility. I, I don't want to press the eject button and, and go somewhere else where you know where the, the grass seems to be greener. No, I, I, I'd rather be the reason that we you know, push forward and make strides and then, and then, you know, end up where we want to be as a successful team.
0: So if you're standing in right field and you're analyzing what is going on within the club right now, what is going on? Is what, what's missing are, are you not getting the big hit? Are you not doing station to station fundamental baseball? Are you not doing the little things are you leaving too many runners on base? Is your pitch, is your starting rotation and middle relief not there? Are you losing close games because your closers mm-hmm. are giving them up? What's going on that you're seeing?
1: Uh, I think honestly, most of our losses are like one and two run games. Um it, and so, you know, so that tells me a couple of things. A, we're we're competitive and we're we're close to where we need to be. And at that point, you know, over the course of nine innings, it looks like we need, you know, that one extra hit with running, runners in scoring position, or we need to prevent that extra hit with runners in scoring position. So I think we're really close, and we, you know, we've actually had a, you know, had the lead late a couple times, and and let it get get away from us, or we've, um, you know, been trailing the whole game and just couldn't put that push that extra run across the plate. So I don't, I don't think it's, um, it's certainly nothing to panic about. It, you know, we're right there on the cusp of. Uh, of winning more games. And I think, you know, I think as we got a lot more baseball to play, like, hasn't been hot yet. Um, you know, I think there's a, a lot of factors that are going to, Shake out in our favor over the coming months.
0: When you date a girl, and obviously you've had success because you're married, and you, you have had a very good relationship with your missus. But there are times in your life to where there's breakups. Heartbreak is hard to overcome. Sometimes, is there an emotional side of teammates that is hard to overcome when you lose your all-star third baseman? When Wade Davis goes back to the Kansas City Royals, Wade's a stud, nice guy, great reliever, great closer, great hunter. You know he's a friend of Charlie Blackman. I mean, all these guys are your pals. And then all of a sudden, voila, this magician comes into the little clubhouse and they disappear. Is it hard sometimes on your heart, Charlie?
1: Yeah. You know, it's tough because when you go through so much with a, with a teammate and and 162 games at the big league level is like, a, you know a big hurdle that you overcome together uh you, you know you become buddies with these people you know their families you you know what they're like you know how they're doing you know when they're struggling uh you know you, you get close to guys and when they you know when you know the nature of the game like players you know change teams and you know guys come and go and you know it's 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 tough when that happens but also for you to say that and for me to look at it like that means that well, heck, I've been here longer than most, right? Like that's only a problem that people have who have been around for a while. And, and you know, at that point, you know, we've, we've certainly taken a lot for granted, right? Like, I mean, it's, you know, a lot of guys just want one day in the big leagues, right? And so these problems that, you you know, that you're mentioning are are only problems that you have if you've been in the big leagues for years and years.
0: Which is an unbelievable feat, but I'm trying to figure out where the mental part of the game comes in personally and emotionally because so much of the athletic part of the game, or that's the wrong way to phrase that, but the on-field part of the game, including the preparation, readiness, all of that, so much of it's mental. Mm-hmm. But then you have this whole other side of mentality that goes in to the emotional part, the love, the passion of the game. You might be having issues at home. You might ha- miss a friend. You might have a, an ill, an ill parent. There's so many things that go into the mentality and the human psyche of the human brain. I'm just trying to figure out how you stay up because the season is so long and it's so, it's so uh, Um, in w- the focus is everything. If there's no focus, you're not going to succeed in this game. It is the hardest game in the world to play, especially day to day at this level. I'm just trying to figure out the emotional side of it and the, and the mental side that's outside of the chalk lines or the preparation of the actual game. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Um, So I think you, you, I mean, you hear the term makeup, right? And that's, right? You have tools and ability, which is over here. And like, I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of guys that have this, right? These are, these are all the guys getting drafted, all the guys that are playing good college baseball. All of these guys have, have this, uh, the thing that, that, that makes you successful at the big league level is this completely separate bucket over here, which is makeup. And that's, you know, first and foremost, the ability to overcome failure, And that's all these things that you're talking about. Like, you've got to like, it doesn't matter if your buddy just got traded. Like, you've got to go out and you've got to do your job Um, and you've got to be productive day in, day out. Uh, And that's something that I mean, that's the reason we have like six different minor league teams. Right. Like we're trying to figure out. Who has the, the tools and the ability, which is a lot of guys, and then who has the tools and the ability and the makeup to become a big league player who can play in any circumstance and, and overcome, you know, how hard it is to play in the big leagues.
0: So you're trying to tell me right now, Charlie Blackman, that even if you're a five-tool player and you might not have this bucket over here that's called makeup,
1: chances are you might not succeed? Sure. Sure. I mean I think that's entirely possible. I've seen lots of players. I mean, I can name a whole list of guys that that have, you know, more power, more speed, you know, all all of the important tools. Yeah, like you know, like your swing, like your swing's not great, but there's probably <laughs> some guys that don't have, you know, that that don't have the best swing, but they are really really good mentally and they have that great makeup and it it allows that that maybe that fringe average ability allows that to to jump up a couple notches and succeed
0: so when you're a general manager i would assume that let's say charlie blackman after baseball has a chance to to become that billy bean or that guy that is looking is that what they're looking for besides the tools do they have the ability to say yes or no this kid's got the makeup
1: uh, when I get the opportunity to talk to our scouting department, which is, you know, rare, but every it'll happen every year, I'll get to talk to some of our guys, some of our scouting directors, um, some of the cross checkers, all these guys that are scouting amateur players and even pro players th- that could possibly come over to our team. I hear more and more of these guys talk about toughness and makeup and and things that maybe aren't necessarily something you can see on a radar gun or look fine on a stat sheet. Like I'm seeing more and more focus on guys who are going to be able to develop rather than just guys who have apparent skills right now.
0: If you had to tell me a percentage of offensive players in the major leagues, and obviously you're probably going to know more about the national league because that's what you're seeing on a national uh, nightly basis, but there is interleague now. How How many of the offensive players, Charlie Blackman, play like Pete Rose or play like you that that run it out, that still run it out, like that kid's watching in the stands, that little league team's here? You made a comment before we went to air tonight about, hey, you never know who's watching. There could be a kid. You got to represent it. So this game, you never put yourself above it. Nobody's bigger than baseball. Is there a percentage you could put your thumb on of people that play that way?
1: I mean, I think there's probably, you know, a handful of guys on every team that take that sort of thing to heart. And those are the guys that are the leaders in the clubhouse. Those are the guys that are the heartbeat of that clubhouse and that team. It's not everybody, right? uh, You know, I've seen some guys come and go. I've seen some guys, you know, be there because of their natural ability and, and then not be able to stay or have continued success because they don't have uh, the right attitude or they don't, um, they don't, they're not a great teammate or, you know, there's, there's lots of, of reasons why guys don't work out. But I think the reason that the guys do work out is they have among other things, a lot of that grit and a lot of that, uh, ability to, to bring their best a game every day.
0: When you talk about waking up and having that grit, having that ability to bring your A-game, kind of a comical question, and it has to relate to one of the guests I've just had here on the podcast recently. Do you ever wake up and find yourself telling yourself, in the mirror charlie i want to face or you want to face josh hater today do you ever like want to face josh Hader, or is the guy got a delivery that makes a left-hander like yourself go okay just let's not go to milwaukee or have them come to town for a minute
1: mm-hmm. uh, good question so you know i'll come in like first day of a series i come in i do like the majority of my scouting on the first day of the series watch video look at scouting reports of every single pitcher they have And inevitably I'll pick out and it's, it'll be these guys that, you know, it it would be obvious that they're having success as a pitcher, which makes it tougher on me as a hitter. And those are the guys right away that I say, this is the guy I'm going to face in a big spot where I really want to play well. And so I go ahead and put emphasis on that and know that, uh, you know, while maybe other people don't want to face this guy, I want that at bat because that is going to be the most important at bat and could Get back that if I prepare well enough and do a good enough job, you know, I can help us win the game.
0: So, a guy like I'm going back to Hader with that, he's got kind of a funky delivery that he, he, hides, he hides the ball and almost comes from behind your ear. It doesn't worry you. Like, that's the Michael Jordan mentality of give me the ball with one second left on the
1: clock. Yeah, no, I mean, I think if you're worried, like you've already, like, you're already failing, you know. What if like he that? hits
0: you, though, Charlie? What if he hits you? Then I go to first base and I have a
1: much better chance to score. You don't think you'll need surgery? No. I no mean, way. I'm wearing a helmet. You know, I got my elbow. You know, I got all that kind well, of stuff. Well, along
0: those lines, Charlie Blackman, tell me, give me some of those names real quick. Just real quick. Who are the guys that you'd love to face? Who are the tops right now in the National League that bring it to where you're like, I, I, I'd like to have a little AB against this cat right now?
1: Man, yeah, you know. Uh, Is Hayter I mean, on that list? uh yeah i mean he's he's a certainly he's a good pitcher right he's a tough at bat for a lefty he's a guy that you're going to see in a leverage situation so i want you know i want as many leverage situations coming my way as i can get and i'll be honest i'm not about to give anybody the satisfaction of like naming names on guys who i think are tough at bats. Ooh, like i'm like gonna do it
0: okay i like, like it
1: they can you know like you know who i mean they I want to be the tough at bat for them. You know, I'm not I'm not Do you gonna... hit
0: a laser off the left center wall against Randy Johnson when he tries to bring you some heat on the outer half of the plate? Do you sit back, let the ball get deep, hit the ball where it's pitched, and hit one off the wall against Randy Johnson? We're not talking about current day players anymore. So you can at least tell me this, right?
1: Yeah, Randy's pretty nasty. I mean, it's it's uh it's it's pretty well known that he's pretty nasty. There's a, you know, there's a good chance I strike out, but uh but you know, I think I'm a pretty good hitter. I think there's also going to be a chance in there that I hit one hard.
0: What makes you s- not say that, Charlie, but what makes you such a good hitter because it, your stats speak for themselves. Like you have a you have a tendency, you had a 220 hit season. You've had several 180s and 190s. It's a lot of hits. It's more than a hit a game. You said 1.2 to start this podcast, but what makes you a good hitter? Are you so is grit one of the main things that you just get it and you dig in and you let your talent speak for itself or do you have the best hands in the game? Do you have ungodly nah. bat speed? What makes you a good hitter? Uh,
1: I don't think, I don't think I would say like that my tools are, you know, I don't have more bat speed than, than, than these other guys. You know, I, I think, you know, what I do well is I I control my mind pretty well. I'd like to think, you know, so I don't let the situation get the best of me. Right. Like I can, you know, like a big situation. I don't, I don't get so geeked up with adrenaline that, that I can't think straight. Right. Or that just swing as soon as he lets it go. Right. I I think, you know, having a lot of experience uh, helps me be able to slow the game down you know, think slow, but react fast. Um, and then yeah, I have a pretty good feel for, you know, what my swing looks like and what I want to do against a pitcher. You know, I think I do a good job of watching video and, and understanding what that bat's going to, bat's going to feel like, and then carrying that into the game and then being able to execute an approach that I've already predetermined, uh, and, and just do, you know, play the numbers, right? Like I don't, I'm not trying to hit the super nasty pitch down and away at the knees, borderline pitch. Like, I, you know, like that's, if you're, if that's your approach trying to hit that pitch, like things aren't going to go well, right? Like what I really want to do is I want to hit this pitch right in the middle of the strike zone, maybe two strikes foul off that nasty pitch, but I'm really trying to make it, um, make it as easy as I can on myself and, and and play the percentages, right? Like if I get one right here, that's when I'm going to hit it. And I'm trying not to swing at all these pitches on the edges to make an out, right? I'm I'm going to try and let those go as much as I can. And then when I get this one, don't miss it.
0: So when you say don't miss it, does the mentality of, or does it mean anything anymore to be a, a, a hitter that quote unquote, what I used to hear from scouts, not, they weren't scouting me, Charlie, they're scouting guys on my team, but maybe um, use the whole field. Is that mean anything anymore, or is it all about the long ball? In our last conversation, you and I talked about, you know, grip it and rip it, swinging up on the ball a little bit. What these kids are being taught these days, the fans want to see the long ball, the scouts want to see it. Power means a lot, but yeah, there's more to hitting than the long ball, still, right, Charlie?
1: Right. So, you know, I, I, I hit, you know, I hit for some power, um, but I consider myself you know, an average hitter first. I, I want to hit for average. And what that means is controlling the whole strike zone, right? Like, like I said, percentages, right? If the plate's this big and I can only pull, right? That's I'm, I'm giving up everything over here. You know, I'm only hitting 50% of the pitches, right? So what I really want to do is I want to be able to pull this inside half, but then also I want to be able to control the outside half and hit it where it's worth pitch, pitched, right? Like if it's away, I want to hit a line drive to the opposite field. And that way I'm not like giving the pitcher, any easy outs, right? Like I don't want him to be able to execute a pitch and get me out. Like I don't want any holes on my scouting report. I want to be able to cover the whole zone and that way he either throws a ball or he throws me something I can hit, right? Like I don't want there to be one place where if he can throw it, I can't hit it. So I think, I think it's important to, you know, know your swing, know what you're good at and try and make sure that you can cover all of this strike zone, you know, top, bottom, in, out. And then, Once you can do that, then you start thinking about power, right? Like that's – it doesn't do you any good to have the most power on the team if all all they got to do is throw a fastball away and they're going to get you out, right? Like you will never get to your power if you don't have at least some, you know, hit for average ability.
0: I'm going to come back to that because I have a question that we've visited on before. I want to make sure that we're still on the same lines. But in your answer before, Charlie, you mentioned – two strikes and fouling that good pitch off, and maybe the pitcher makes a mistake on the next one, giving you some leverage to hit the ball um, into the gap or over the wall or base hit, RBI, whatever. And when we're coming up as little leaguers, and, 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 and after little league, we go to Babe Ruth, and then we go to the high school level, and then hope maybe we get drafted. If not, <clears throat> we go junior college or maybe D1, D2, D3, NCAA. We're always taught choke up, two strikes, mm-hmm. choke up, spread out. Mm -hmm. Why don't major leaguers do that more? Why, what all of a sudden, when you get to as good as you are, do you just lose that mentality that we were taught our entire lives?
1: No, absolutely not. Um, So, I mean, I have a two strike approach, but mine is almost entirely mental. Uh, And you, like, you may not see it. Like we have some guys on our team that choke up and like, you know, spread out or, you know, and they have a lot of that, but for me, uh, you know, some, if I choke up, you won't know. Like for me to choke up, you know, a quarter of an inch, you won't see it, right? Like for me, my two-strike approach is maybe a little bit lower on my leg kick, right? It's much more subtle and a lot more mental for me. So I I think ultimately I want my two-strike approach to just be a really good version of my doesn't matter what the counting approach is, right? Like ultimately I'm trying to swing at the strikes, take the balls, and choking up isn't going to help me swing the strikes, take the balls. Right. So I, I think, um, you know, I do what I need to do mentally to sharpen up a little bit and, and cover once again, the whole zone. Like I don't want to get to a situation where I can only cover this part of the zone and not here. And so more of that, you know, if I choke up, well, maybe I can't reach this outside corner as well. So for me, it's, it's a lot more mental, um, you know, I toyed around with some some physical stuff in the minor leagues. Uh, at one point, we had a rule where you had to do something physical, like you had to like let the manager know, "Hey, I know what the count is; it's two strikes. That's why I'm, you know, choked way up off the knob." Do you still believe?
0: I, I got to go back to this, and I don't. We don't have to get into it because I know that everybody has their opinion on number twenty five for the San Francisco Giants. But you just made mention of. They take your pull zone away and they throw you on the outer half. Well, if you can't use the whole field and hit the ball the other way, doesn't necessarily mean you need to have oppo power or hit oppo bombs. But talking about Barry Bonds, one of the things that I always thought, Charlie, was he only really got one pitch maybe a night to hit. And a lot of times he hit it. Is that fair to say? Because he was getting intentionally walked a lot. He was getting walked a lot. Um, Not just intentionally, but, you know, other kind of walks bases on balls. Why, why is he considered a good hitter, even though the asterisk is there?
1: So his perf strictly looking at his performance, unbelievable. Right. And I'll tell you, it's harder to hit when guys don't want to throw you strikes. Like when you're not seeing strikes, it's hard to know exactly where the strike zone is. Cause you're seeing so many pitches on the periphery. Like it's, it's really hard to hit and do what he did. Um, you know, so, so that being said, he's clearly like one of the best performances, uh, for a career. Um, but on the other hand, you know, uh, he had a really good chance of feeling great every night. Right. And so like the difference between me last year hitting really, really hot to start with, and then me like cooling off, like, There's less of a chance of anybody ever cooling off when you feel great every night, if that makes sense.
0: It makes, it makes total sense. And I know that, that you are a guy that really looks after your, I guess your physicality or your, your in season, um, your in season success depends a lot on how good a shape that you're in. Oh yeah. Without what we're talking about there. 162 days of work, grinding work, the, not even counting the mental side of it. Give me some of your secrets. What let's just have a little fun time. What is your favorite pre game meal? And oh. with your metabolism, can you eat whatever you want? Can I know that you could probably eat fried chicken, but you stay away from that before the game, right? Or what? what's your favorite and talk to me a little bit, Charlie Blackman on how important nutrition is during the season.
1: Um, nutrition is a big part of it, right? You, you know, like my body is what I do. Uh, I need to make sure I'm putting good fuel in my body. And as, maybe more important than that is the times that I'm putting the times and amounts that I'm putting in my body. Right. So if it's before a game, I usually try and eat some carbs because that's going to be like my sustaining, you know, nine innings of energy. And then I'll eat some protein because I want to keep my muscle on my body. And then a lot of times I'll eat a banana or I'll eat some fruit or I'll eat, something that has sugar in it to give me energy right now, right. To bridge the gap between, you know, it's going to take you 45 minutes an hour to digest those carbs, you know, like my, that energy is not going to kick in till the third inning. So maybe I need to eat something to get me to inning three. Uh, And then, you know, just as important as a pregame meal is is a postgame meal, right? Like I've just burned three and a half hours of energy and i'm drained i need to start put like refueling my body right away because we got another game in. you know sometimes 12 hours
0: staying on the subject of food you get to go to a lot of cool cities i can name a lot of good restaurants and a lot of cool places you visit is there a favorite after game or right when you get there you know you're rolling to Caesars in San Francisco or somewhere in downtown St. Louis. There's some great steakhouses there. Give me an idea of your favorite city based on the culinary
1: aspect. Um, so in season, I hate to admit it, but I eat for on the road. I almost always eat the hotel breakfast. So like room service. So that way I can sleep. I can get extra sleep which I think is a benefit, obviously. And then I almost eat every meal at the clubhouse after that, except for occasionally it'll be like a trap. We'll play a day game. We'll travel to a new city. And then there's like, we had that evening to go eat. And that's when like, that's when the boys team up and we're like, Hey, we're going to go crush the state, you know? And there's a, uh, there's a couple of cool places that we, you know, that we like to eat. Um, there's a place in Milwaukee that has a steakhouse with my name on it. Uh, um, what do you mean with your name on, on the menu? N- no, like if I go to this place in Milwaukee and I were like when I go there, they will go to the back and get the knife that has my name engraved on it and bring it out so that I can cut my steak.
0: Wow. Why you tear up, um, did you tear up the brewers one night? And they're like, we got to give Charlie his own. Knife? I don't
1: know. You know, I don't know what qualifies you as like getting your own knife. They must have like, a, you know, for me to get one, they must have like quite an extensive library of knives back there. But, uh, but I do look forward to like, like when I go to Philly, I eat a lot of cheesesteaks, you know, in the locker room. Uh, when I go to San Francisco, those, <laughs> they know that like funny story the San Francisco its not one of my favorite places to play. You know, it's always cold and cloudy. You know, I like sunny and bright. And, um, but like the, one of the things that I really look forward to in San Francisco was these big, huge, like Texas Danishes that they had in the, in the locker room. Cause that's where I eat all my meals. And, and a couple of years ago, we cleaned up the, uh, the diet in the locker room. Right. So they did away with a lot of the candy and snacks and junk food and stuff. And so I like threw a hissy fit one time because they didn't have the big danishes. Cause like, that's what I look forward to. That's part of my routine. I come to San Francisco, eat the big Danish and, um, and they did away with them. And I, like I said, I I got all upset about it. And now like for the past two years, every time I go, they put a huge, like Sam's club box of like danishes in my locker, like 30 danishes. And so I got danishes for like the next week and a half. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Pretty funny story, but if you come to my locker in San Francisco, you can have a Danish.
0: You're kind of a country boy, so does anybody does anybody ever um, is it ever like you get a, an invite to where you're like, no, man. I can't do that. I would never eat that. Is sushi on that list? Is there any food that you're like, not a chance? Let's say that. Let's say that one of your good buddies and maybe a visiting team or on your team says, "Hey, we're rolling. We're in LA tonight. There's a great sushi bar in Seal Beach, or we're 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 down in Miami tonight. There's a great Cuban restaurant. Is there any kind of food that you're just like, nah, man, not a, It doesn't agree with me, or I can't stand the taste of it.
1: You know, there's there's not a lot that I don't like, or there's not there's not a lot that I want to at least try a couple of times, you know, and I think sushi, I used to not like sushi, but as it turns out, like sushi is great for you. And like raw fish is much, things that are raw are easier to digest. And so like, I know that it's like good for my body for me to eat sushi. And so I'll eat that, but no, I don't more, more likely is I'll, instead of like turning up at something, I'll tell our chef here in Denver, I'll be like, Hey, uh, I told them the other day, I was like, you know, what would be really great is if uh, we come in for this day game and we got some grits on the line, like that would be awesome. And sure enough, they made me like a huge pile of grits. Um, I requested some, uh, some black eyed peas, which we don't, I guess they don't have those out here or something like, no, I love them. I don't, I haven't seen them out here in a while. So I requested some of that, you know, with some cornbread, which I also don't see a lot of out here. And so every now and then it's nice to have some like comfort food. So I'll, I'll request it.
0: Would, is it safe to say that music, you look at your, your character of Chuck Nasty and your haircut and your beard and everything, you look like you would enjoy some music. I would say probably Outlaw Country to some good 90s country to some Pantera to some good rock music. You probably, can, you probably work out to some Slipknot or Metallica, but you like to get down at home with the wife with some John Party. Do you, is music play a big role in Charlie Blackman's life?
1: um yes and no like in in the locker room in the weight room on the field there's always music playing i mean like always we have, i mean we have ipads you hooked up to all the speakers i mean there's always music um me personally i'm not like super into it like when i get in my truck i, I pandora you know george Strait radio you know like pretty bland like classic stuff i'm not into the uh trying to find the, you know, the newest song or this and that, you know, I was, I was kind of into rap in high school. Uh, I just can't keep up. There's just so many and they just, they come and go so fast. Like I, I'm kind of now leaning more towards the classics. Stay in
0: there, Charlie. Has there ever been a time in your career to where you're like, Wow, that's it. Could have been AAA, double I don't care where you're at. Could have been when when you're in the little po dunk town. Has any walk up song ever or come you know a closer coming out ever made you go, man? That's really clever. That's really good. Um, is there a favorite walk up song of of anybody on your teams in the, in the in your career or opponents that you're like, man, that's a good walk
1: up song? Um, Jason Giambi used to have a really cool walk up song, and I I think it was like. His buddy made it for him. Like, I don't even think it was like a real song. I don't think you could find it if you wanted to find I'm it. I'm trying right now. And so his, Is his it when was he was pretty with Oakland? awesome.
0: Is it when he was with Oakland?
1: Uh, he had it. He or played it. York. We played together in, in Denver and he uh, had it Denver. there. But I think he probably had it other places. But it's much more likely that people listen to a walk up song and be like, that's a terrible walk up song.
0: Man, I don't know. I can't, it doesn't jump out, man. Um, I'm not seeing it. But you you can't think of any off the top of your head that stood out.
1: No, no, I can't. No. Um. <laughs> funny enough, like I'm not. I don't like really associate. Uh, you know, people with songs or whatever. But you know, growing up in Atlanta, I do know that the Ozzy Osbourne song was definitely Chipper Jones's walk-up song for a long time, and like everybody knows, like that's oh, Chipper's coming to hit. You know, like that was. That was his song, Um, Crazy Train. Yeah, I think that the Crazy Train, Ozzy Osbourne, and so that was—I mean—that was like of my youth. Like that was the walk-up song for sure.
0: All aboard! Oh, it was called "Please Forgive Me." Well, it was uh, his walk-up song was "Please Forgive Me" by Brian Adams, is what this says, and Roger Clemens made fun of it. I don't know. I'm talking about Giambi. I mean, it
1: starts with some like it sounds like a dinosaur roaring, or I mean, it starts with this like crazy weird sound. And I I just thought it was really cool.
0: And that was Giombi. Yeah. Um. Hold on, I'm gonna test you and see if it's it. That can't be his walk-up song.
1: Definitely
0: not. No way. No,
1: definitely no, not.
0: There's no way Jason Giambi comes out to that. This has to be a wrong website. It has to be.
1: I mean, he played forever, it seems like, so he probably had a couple of them.
0: I wonder if these are walk-up songs that they want to give people. Who knows? Oh, I think they are jokes. Buster Posey's is Crash Into Me. That's got to be in reference to his injury. Oh, That's, yeah. that's rude and uncalled for. Matt Kemp threat. Carlos and kill them all from Metallica. John Lester, I will survive. I guess I don't know. David Ortiz, Big Papa from Notorious B.I.G.
1: Yeah, that's they're just pairing. They're just pairing. people with the most likely.
0: Bryce Harper, you're so vain. You probably well, think this song is about you. Yep, that <laughs> they, would they be probably nailed that one. Yeah, Ryan Braun, I'm too sexy for my shirt. Anyway, um, I got a couple questions for you here that I was thinking of because I always like to know what big gamers are always, you know, the fun part of the game. The beard. I just shaved mine off. I had it going pretty good, Charlie. Chuck Nasty. I didn't have that. And I had too much gray in it, which I someday you might. I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think it is either. But when I got so much in there, I was like, but anyway, after hunting season ended, I'm like, you know what? It's beach season. It's pool season. I'm taking it off. Does it ever bug you? Scratchy, itchy. Does it get in the way? Does your wife complain about it? Does your mom ever say, look, Charlie, it's time to get rid of it. How long does it go? Are you going Billy Gibbons ZZ top here?
1: Uh, You know, I keep it. I mean, it's pretty long, but if I were to let it go, like. Much longer, it gets like pretty ratty, and I just look like a wet cat like all the time. So, um, you know, it, it's it's pretty much a part of me now. Like, I've had it since 2014. Uh, my wife's never seen me without it. My grandmother hated it. Uh, there, you know, my, even mom was a little bit critical. I think she's come around now. Uh, but I'm pretty much, I mean, I'm committed. Like, this is. This is me now. Committed so for it, what, life? Uh, at least the next few years. Like, if you see me on TV, I'm going to have a beer. Like, that's pretty much how it's going to go down for the next little while.
0: Okay, let me ask you this, then. If you happen to get into the, I don't know if the Yankees still have that, that l- rule, but at one time it was no facial hair. What if they said the Yankees gave you a big-time contract? And I know you're not a guy to leave the Rockies, but what if right. the team had a no facial hair policy?
1: Well, I will say that I'm, you know, like my beard is not more important than the team. Whatever do you team look, do you
0: look good without a beard, Charlie?
1: I think I was a pretty handsome man for a while there. Well, uh, then, okay, well then you'll be all right. I think I'll be okay. Yeah, you have a well, nice
0: head of hair. You lucky son. That's a nice head of hair. Still now, no is, none of that. Is your mom's dad was he bald or is he bald? Your grandpa on your that. mom's side. He
1: does not have a lot of hair. Oh, but he has some hair. It's oh. pretty thin and I'm that's gonna where it, that's where it comes know, from I know that's say. what people say. But dad's dad had a lot of hair and I I'm hoping I, my hair game takes after him.
0: Talk to me a second about the fans. What's the what's the culture like right now in the stadium? You went from spring training in Scottsdale, Phoenix area. There was a few of them around what is, is it better than last year? Is there yeah. talk of being full capacity this year?
1: Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a matter of time. It, you know, it's just, it's just so much better having fans in the stands, right? That's why we play the game, right? If people decided they didn't want to watch baseball, we wouldn't have a game. I wouldn't have a job. Right. And that, so that's, you know, that's part of the game, that, that interaction, that player fan interaction. So it's so much better having people in the stands and, uh, you know, I, I can't wait till we get back to full capacity. I don't, you know, I want everybody to come experience a baseball game. I want people to be able to bring their kids. You know, I don't want to have to worry about only being able to buy like two seats, you know, together and then leaving a gap. Like I, I, I don't, you know, I don't like that a whole lot. You know, the game's meant to be played in front of a crowd.
0: Do you recall any interaction in your career with a fan you've seen fans streak you've seen them run Mm -hmm. on the field you've seen players tackle them you sign an autograph and hand it to a kid is there anything a mom has said to you after you've taken care of their son or daughter um, or a dad has come up to you or has there been any funny or humorous interactions that you recall where a fan was like giddy over you or or is there anything
1: that comes to mind yeah i got a good one um i'm in san francisco i just eaten a danish uh, I'm hitting, I'm stretching out before a game. I see, uh, this nice couple, they're clearly like on a date. Like it's, this is a de- great date, by the way, baseball game is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're just, so I'm stretching just down the line, just beyond the dugout. This guy, you know, they're, they're sitting and he lets the the lady sit inside of him, I guess, being like nice thinking, Oh, well, like, I'll, I'll let you sit closer to the plate. I don't know. It, just I almost never when I'm like warming up, I don't like try not to like look into the stands and get distracted or anything. I just happen to look up and in my mind, I was like, he should probably not he should probably sit inside of her in case like a ball comes over. he needs to like do you know like get up and you know like wear it. you know like that would be the most manly thing ever on a date. It's just like wear a line drive to protect <laughs> your your lady. And so that popped into my head, like whatever, no big deal. Game starts fastball inside to me crush it foul sure enough hits the poor girl right in the shoulder because the guy wasn't (laughs) sitting on the inside and it 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 went and it was like it hit her and i was like no doubt i was like that's the girl like that's the girl i saw before the game just drilled her with this foul ball and it's all his you know his he was thought he was doing the right thing but uh he you know he should have known better is it a laser
0: is it a? is it oh it, is it a laser line drive that goes past the dugout and down the right field line into the stands there? Or is it over the top of the dugout? How close are they sitting?
1: No, it, I think it was like, a, I do think it was like a top spin bounced on the warning track, which is hard. And then like went into the stand. So she was okay. And but it, like it's going to leave a Mark, but now they've done a pretty good job. They've got the netting that goes like, it you know most of the way down the line so that like the ones that can really hurt people, like the, the screaming line drives that, that don't hit the warning track, you know, those were those were hurting people. And they put the nets up almost at every stadium now to to protect the fans.
0: I've been to a lot of after parties um for celebrations, championships, um, might be a business deal that was locked in and signed. Might have been an MMA or a boxing match and I was lucky enough to be invited to the after party, quote unquote. I've been to ones where it's a rave. I've been to ones where it's you know it's like a Vegas style club scene with rapping, rap music going on and hip hop and just beat and you're dancing. I've been to Matt Hughes when he beat Matt Sarah in Vegas. He took us this little Po Dunk country bar on the Strip, like you could fit eight people in there and they were all smoking cigarettes. And I'm like after party, like I'm I'm at the UFC and it was just like the most low key jukebox shooting pool kind of deal. To each their own. Walk off home run by Charlie. Blackman, or you win the world series what kind of celebrator are you but you cannot include the wife in the family i know you're a family man i know they're going to be there but if it has to be a party celebration atmosphere what does charlie blackman choose
1: uh i'll tell you what the the greatest celebration the first time i made the playoffs which was uh you know like six or seven you know years into my career you know we had worked really hard to get there and and you you know you see that a lot of times they get the cameras in the locker room you see them pop the bottles and all that kind of stuff and and you know like i don't that's not why i play the game or anything like that but it was cool to do it when you make the playoffs you clinch that spot and you you pop champagne with your teammates Well, the first time I did that, like the first time I got to do it, I thought it was going to be like a five minute thing. You pop, you spray, like whatever. And it was, I couldn't be more wrong. I mean, it was like, like, uh, man, it was way intense. I mean, we were going at it. I don't, I mean, there was a lot of beer being thrown about, like way more than like I didn't hardly drink any of it because I was just spraying it everywhere. But we, I mean, we went nuts for like, I don't know. It could have been an hour. It could have been like five hours. I don't, I don't know what it was, but I'd never been so exhausted in my life. Like the next day. I mean, it was just so emotional, so intense. I mean, that was the craziest best celebration of of my life. Probably.
0: When you celebrate the career of Charlie Blackman and you look back on it, I think of guys like George Brett that played 20 years for the same organizations won a world series mvp silver sluggers all-star games pine tar incident george went through a lot but he always stuck it out with one team and he's still there if you go to spring training if you go over to surprise arizona in february and march you're going to see george's car parked in george brett's parking spot a lot of days not this year with covid but most years what is it about Denver that you like? It snowed today, and it's almost May. The, air, the ball flies out of there, they say, like crazy, so your pitchers are at a disadvantage all the time. Could help you out, but I don't think you're going to pick it for that. The skyline's beautiful. The Rocky Mountains are unbeatable. The front range is gorgeous. The sunsets, Estes Park. The fans, are the fans good in Colorado? I mean, did John Elway and Peyton Manning have a good time with the fan base in that area? What do you love about Denver.
1: Well, I mean, initially, right. Denver chose me. Right. So like I'd never been to Denver, you know, I'd never been to Colorado. Like they were the first team, you know, they drafted me higher than anybody else. So they, like, they committed to me first. And so, you know, that's a big deal in my book, right? Like that goes a long way to me. Like I'm pretty, a pretty loyal guy. And, uh, and so, I mean, I've just grown to love everything about it. Um, you know, never caught a trout until I came out here. And now it seems like that's all I want to do. You know, we have an off day tomorrow. I'm going up to the mountains, going to try and catch a trout. going to, going to take my, my new, uh, dog, my lab up there, see how he does in the river. Um, you know, the people are super laid back and they, they enjoy being at the game. And, uh, I mean, it's just, it's a really great place to be, um, if you like the outdoors, it's an even better place to be. Uh, it, there's just so much to like about Denver. I mean, it's it's easy for me to just hop on the bandwagon. You know, after they chose me, like, I, you know, I chose Denver right back.
0: So is it a loyal fan base? Is it a baseball knowledgeable fan base like I would say St. Louis is? Is it a passionate fan base or is it a front running fan base and i don't expect you to answer that last part but what kind of yeah. fan base is it
1: um you know we draw really well all the time i i think people i mean it is one of the greatest places to drink beer outside like i'll i'll admit that like there's a lot of people that are there just for the experience that maybe aren't huge baseball fans but that's not the majority right by and large like people like baseball there Um, And I know that because like whenever we have teams from the mid really anywhere, but especially the Midwest, you know, like the Cubs or the Cardinals or something, you'll see like a lot of Cubs and Cardinal fans show up. Right. These are I mean, these are people that live in the city that are, you know, because Denver's like made of so many transplants. Right. Like you got people move, like just moving there because it's a great place to be. And, you know, they like the game. And so when they're team comes in yeah they come watch the game but it's a it, it's a good fan base we draw really well and um and they you know it's not just when you know when the rockies are making the playoffs
0: you mentioned the new pup black lab two and a half weeks ago i was down in patterson georgia i saw some pictures of you on brad errington's personal baseball yeah. field with the team um what'd you think of brad and miss ellen and this the entire aura and culture of mossy pond
1: so uh brad Arrington of mossy pond retrievers who i met through you um is i mean he's just i mean he's a great person like salt of the earth like i was there he, he had me over to his house to eat with his family and i'm hanging out with the kids i mean just a great person um outside of that, he's obviously really good dog trainer. Like I'm super impressed with my dog. Um, You know, I, I, you know, any issue pops up, I text him or call him like, Hey man, what, you know, what do I do about this? And how do I clean this up? And I mean, he's, he's uh, you know, he's, he's a really awesome guy that i you know, wish I had more time to hang around.
0: Well, I wish I had charlie blackman say that about me in a way i'm not a jealous envious guy i'm saying that i've invited you on some trips and i'm going to invite you on another one right now because you mentioned this steakhouse in milwaukee you mentioned this custom personalized engraved knife does it have your jersey number on it too
1: no i don't think it does is
0: it your signature or just your name and font
1: i think it's just my name i don't i don't make it to milwaukee but once a year so like i don't have a great picture in my mind of what the knife looks like but it it, it cuts the stake really well
0: okay i have an unbelievable hunt planned in wisconsin in november it's after the world series if you guys happen to be there which i hope you do i'm wearing my rocky shirt right here can you I see that? that see that, see whole, that. It looks whole, good. whole squad ready um Can you give me an answer for November or is there something that can come up? It's pre Thanksgiving
1: and it's a legit,
0: legit hunt with lodging and food and an unbelievable time.
1: I think, I think we can make that work. So last year you did, you invited me to come to California, which is really far from, from Atlanta. And um, you know, we had our, our daughter was born, you know, last winter and we had the puppy I mean we had a lot going on, but I think, I think this year maybe we can we can move some things around for you.
0: All right. I'm planning on Wisconsin. Cause I think that I really think you would enjoy this style hunt. I'm not gonna let it out on the air of what it's gonna be. It's nothing it's not reinventing the wheel. It's waterfowl hunting, but I don't want to give up the spot or the people we're gonna be with because it's it's really, really legit. Um so I would love to have you there. What what's the outlook now? You're going fly fishing tomorrow when you're on the water. Mm-hmm. You're nymphing, you're dry flying, you have a locator. I don't know exactly how you're going to be fishing. I don't know the clarity of the water or the depth or the flow. I don't know the water levels. I don't know if it's a creek or a river. I don't know if it's browns or rainbows. I don't know what you're chasing. But I do know that there's so much strategy that goes into fly fishing. And I'm talking like legit focus or you will not succeed. It's almost pretty much hunting fish, matching the hatch. And so such an awesome style of catching fish whether you catch and release or eat them sometimes, that's not what we're talking about here. But does it take your mind off of what's getting ready to happen the next day and what happened tonight? Can it do that 100%? Or are you sitting there thinking about the fastball that you didn't see or the fly ball that you didn't run down after, when you're trying to strip or you're casting?
1: No, that's, I mean, that's the great thing about fishing for me, fishing, hunting, whatever it is. And, you know, like fly fishing is, you know, one of my favorite things to do and a big part of it is number one, you're always somewhere really awesome, right? Like you're either up in the mountains, somewhere really pretty, or, you know, even in salt water. I mean, you're, you're somewhere exotic, like it's great. And it's, there's so much happening around you, right? You're, you're in there in nature, you, you know, you're trying to figure out these wild animals. I mean, there's just so much that goes into it that you can't possibly worry about, you know, the stresses of everyday life. And that's, I mean, that's a big part of why I do it. Uh, I also like it because it's super difficult. Like I love fishing for my entire life until I was in my mid twenties. And then for some reason I was like, I'll give it a shot. And it's taking something that I love fishing and then making it ridiculously, somewhat unnecessarily hard. Uh, But I really enjoy the challenge, you know, like that's thats a big part of it. Um, And even when you're not, catching fish you're practicing right you're still casting you're you're still in nature you know like if you're duck hunting you know you you don't, maybe you don't shoot a duck you're you're still out there somewhere really beautiful watching the sun come up you're you know blowing on your call trying to get better uh you know learning more about the wind and the weather and, and and how these wild animals act I love all that there's
0: a lot of similarities in baseball and fishing and what you said about duck hunting I love that part of the game. Man, you're the man, dude. I love the idea that you have all of these just qualities that might not necessarily be on the outside of everybody watching you on a daily basis. If somebody takes the time to get to know Chuck Nasty, It's amazing to see how many different layers of people there really are when you peel back that onion a little bit. And I think that that's what conversation Charlie does. It allows me to like get inside your brain a little bit about baseball, but also you're just a dude that likes to be at Mossy Pond. Like I just was like a dude loving to be at Mossy Pond. And we, we tend to put our celebrities and our heroes and our baseball players on a pedestal. We have done that our whole lives. Like. There was, There's people that would do anything. There's this movie, I believe it's called The Fan, with Robert De Niro and Wesley Snipes. Have you heard of it? Yeah. Wesley Snipes plays for San Francisco, I think. There's fans that, that are nuts about you guys, but y'all are just dudes that were given a certain skill set that you have succeeded with and excelled with, which is awesome, and it's an unbelievable skill set. But when it comes down to it, you're just Charlie Blackman where you're sitting right now to your old lady, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I mean it's you know I still gotta brush my teeth, I still gotta wash my sock, you know, like I do a bunch. I'm like, you know, just a normal guy. I just you know, my instead of going to work at nine a.m., I go to work at you know like one p.m., you know, you know kind of kind of like that.
0: It's not really swing shift or graveyards. That is swing shift. So that that's kind of
1: like the late shift, yeah, night shift.
0: Yeah. Night shift. Yeah. It's not graveyard, but it's the swing shift.
1: I think, yeah. I don't
0: know. I'm not, I don't know the clock. I don't know it, but I do will. I will argue this before we get off this podcast. And when we're together the next time I'm going to take some hacks because George Brett told me I have a pretty swing and he was sober <laughs> <laughs> and it was during the day and Mike Sweeney was thrown to me. And oh. I was, I was hitting cage bombs. A lot of them would have went out of any park with a good stiff I'm wind. Sure, I'm sure that's good the beauty stiff. of hitting in the cage. <laughs> All right, my man. Is there anything that you can leave the audience with? That's just a Chuck Nastyism. Is there something that's on your mind right now? Is it don't eat yellow snow or is it hit off the tee as much as you possibly can? Give me one piece of wisdom from the mind of Chuck nasty. Oh, I know I'm putting you on the spot and it's late. Yeah. Night. Maybe.
1: Uh, why are you doing what you choose to do? Like Ooh. you, like you do a lot of things. Like I do a lot of things and I'm like, why did I, you know, why would, why do I do that? Why did I just spend an hour on my phone scrolling? Like, like, was I just feeling time or did I have a goal? And if you didn't have a goal, it's probably not something you need to be doing.
0: I want you to critique me after you just asked that question. And I don't (laughs) care if people write in and say that was kind of pretentious or whatever the word is. But you, because of you, I was mentioned on the Rich Eisen show and I've been mentioned again since then. Um, We were just in the New York post. Oh, cool. It's a neat feeling. It's really cool. I know that you are in papers all the time. I know that your name's all over Google. But you've been interviewed by the best of the best in every city in America, from every publication, from The Athletic to Sports Illustrated. You name it, you've been there. Mm -hmm. My interview style, the questions I ask, are they good or are you just doing this because we're friends?
1: I think that you put a lot of time into preparing, right? There's, you're not like fumbling. I
0: 100% swear on my daughter and she's in my house sleeping right here, close to my podcast studio that I, I did not research one thing except I came up to date a little bit on exactly what you led the league in, in 17, 100% of the rest of the podcast was completely winged.
1: Really? Well, I'm impressed. So, but, so you did ask like super insightful questions, right? Like, you know we have media here in colorado and a lot of times i find myself answering questions that yeah you know like i would not be interested in reading that article like i really don't and but you you know you ask some questions that are like okay like yeah sure like whatever he's a good hitter but or he, you know he's been good in the past or you know he's going to be good whatever like good player but you know like why like what makes him this way like tell me some interesting experiences you know so i think there's some good insight there. Um, you know, I feel like, I feel like you got to teach me something about like duck hunting. Like, you know, like I feel like we, like people are coming to your podcast because they like uh waterfowl hunting and you know they're going to get blindsided with some guy talking about baseball the whole time like what if they don't like baseball but like, that's we gotta, why like, we, sit- we gotta throw in some duck hunting we, there, we don't sistered we? off
0: well let's plan another one on the foul life podcast this one was the the more of the 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 baseball side the humanistic side of charlie i've done podcasts with you on the foul life which you're right you're so right because when i started this life ain't for everybody it was like a musician and then it was a baseball player then it was a military guy then it was a brain surgeon then it was a fighter pilot and then it was this little duck hunter from arkansas and then it was an athlete and i was getting all these remarks like whoa you're a duck hunter we need more duck hunting so he sistered off of this life ain't for everybody and started the foul life podcast and now we've sistered off of that and started where the pavement ends which is big game turkey hunting predator hunting ballistics rifle shooting archery all of that so we're busy with the podcast but you're dead on charlie of like people wanted more of that duck and i know that when we bring you back on the foul life we'll have a lot that's why i didn't really get into the puppy and the dog training and all that because i do want to talk hunting and 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 and, you know figure out what questions you have for me on what you're experiencing now in the duck woods and and you know with the duck call or the shotgun or whatever it is but yeah i'm always curious of like if my questions are too much of like well why is he really asking what my music is nobody cares i just kind of like try to set the tone of like I want to be Charlie Blackman a lot of times because my number one goal in life was to make the majors when I was a kid, when I played college baseball, which I was a way overachiever then, which I'm pretty sure you can tell my college coach, Fred Dalamore, who's still now to this day, 77 years old. And he comes to my birthday party every year he speaks at a lot of events for me he called me in 1994 the worst recruiting mistake that he ever made that's that's a low blow charlie that's
1: impressive i mean that's that's the one single guy that he's gonna remember that and he's in
0: the ncaa hall of fame he coached a long time he called me the worst recruiting mistake he ever made because i got backdoor picked off at second base by the catcher against san jose state in stockton california and he never he never let me live it down but I always wanted to be a ball player. So when I talk to you guys, like, I don't want to come off like, bam, 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 you know, teach me baseball. Or I want to know everything about what baseball's doing for you. Because, man, that would be like sitting around with, with a boxer and just being like, well, do you? what's your combination? And what's your well, hey, favorite way to uh, jump rope
1: I mean, and all that kind of stuff, right? Right. Like... You know, you you want, you can go watch all the baseball games you want, but I, I think it's cool when people feel like, oh, I can I can relate to that guy. Like, yeah, he, you know, brushes his teeth. You know, like whatever. Like, I, I think I like to see people who I like hold in high esteem, and then realize like, oh, we have something in common. You know, I'll tell uh, you what. Baseball
0: player didn't brush his teeth. His nickname was Nails. Does that ring a bell? No. Nails. Outfielder, New York Mets, and then Philadelphia Phillies. Lenny Dykstra, his nickname was Nails. He did not brush his teeth.
1: Well, that's kind of gross.
0: I think he lost his jaw and all of his teeth to the big chaws he used to keep in. Because he didn't take care of his personal hygiene in the mouth, I'm just throwing that in there. I'm just throwing that in there. They said that when you would go to Veteran Stadium in Center Field, the AstroTurf would be like soggy and bogged down with chaw spit from from Lenny Dykstra. That's gross, right, Charlie? That's
1: yeah, that's a little much.
0: That's a little much, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I I I do want to get to know you on a different level. I do know you on a different level, but I think it's so interesting that you told me tonight that, and I don't know if you're being serious, but I don't think you've reached your prime yet. I don't think you're a veteran. Just, I don't know. I still have a lot to learn. I don't you know? think you're yeah. a veteran, bro. I really
1: don't. I think I'm going to put it all together soon. I wake up every day and I like, like I'm still searching for the perfect day, like the perfect game. Like I'd love to go out there, play the perfect game and then come, you know, and then come back in and be like, I did it. Like I, I did it. it's just, you know, has it ever
0: has it ever been done by any player in the history of the game? You think?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I think it has. Probably has a pitcher throwing and a perfect I'm not game. Saying you got to hit, five, you know, go five or five with five homers, but like go out there and like in my in my mind, like not make a mistake, right? Like don't swing at a ball. You know, like every swing was a perfect swing. You know, don't make an error. Uh, every every read was perfect on the base paths, like. You know, like I still think every time I put on the uniform, and I like, and I get upset when people like don't understand this. Like, you have a chance to make history. Like, you do every day. Every day, you have a chance to make history. Hundred you know? percent. You don't. You know, if that doesn't get you going, like, maybe maybe it's not. Maybe you need a new job. You know, like I don't know. Like that's. I don't know. I think that's. I think that's something that people at a really high level constantly think about. I guess. I don't know. In 10
0: years, when you get inducted into Cooperstown, being for real, who would you like to induct you if there was one person? Is it family member or is it teammate? Is it a coach? Oh, man. Is it a mentor? Live or dead? You can bring him back from the dead to do it. Who would it be to to induct Charlie Blackman into Cooperstown?
1: I mean, I... (laughs) cliche but like my you know my fam, like my family my mom and my dad if they were both there that would be uh and my sister and you know and my wife like those you know like it's just there's a lot that we've been through together ups and downs and like that you know that's my support system that's part of what makes that makeup right like you know the your past experiences you're you know i was lucky enough to come up with a super supportive family and you know like that's I a part of the reason that like, I've been good at something, you know? And, and so I, you know, I just, I don't think I could, I could go through that without them, you know, there knowing that they, you know, I appreciate what they have done for me. I love it. Not to get like soggy. No, I love it.
0: I love, I love that part of you that, that it's not pretentious to me at all. Have you ever been asked to put any part of your uniform or a bat or anything that you into the Cooperstown?
1: They took a pair of my socks one time to like just like I think every organization has like kind of like a current mix and match of like current player players. I don't know. It's you know, it it was cool. They asked me like, hey, we we want a pair of your socks, you know, on this on from this day in history. And so, like, I gave them my socks and they put them, you know, what'd you do that? They put them on display there. What'd you do that day? I don't, uh, I don't remember. Really? I really, I don't think it was. It wasn't like from a game. I did something spectacular. I don't think. I think it was more from like a Fourth of July game, and we were wearing like stars and stripes socks, or you know something like that, which is also pretty awesome.
0: Final question: It's Friday night, movie night. You're chilling, but it's with your boys. You're hanging out, and you want to laugh. No. You just want to watch the best damn baseball movie of all time. Name it. Ooh. Oh my gosh, I can't believe there's even a discussion on this. I didn't know. I didn't think you'd even have to think about it.
1: No, I got it. I mean, oh. I, I was going to go, like, before you said baseball movie, I was going straight to Top Gun. Like, that's oh, the best you're movie. Going there straight is. Top Gun, need.
0: Maverick. I follow.
1: Yeah. Can't wait for the second one to come out this summer. Uh, anyway, that's not a plug, but my favorite. I, I got so I got two. It's like two neck and neck. It kind of depends on what mood I am. Everything else is like far and away like below it. Should I get? Can I guess? You can guess.
0: Fill the dreams. One of... is
1: from like my childhood, and one is from my adult. Oh, then it's uh, Roy Hobbs, The Natural, and Major League. <laughs> no, no, either.
0: Wow, those are my two favorite baseball movies.
1: No, Major League, great, Major League. <laughs> Would be number
0: three. Whoa! Now we're now we're disagreeing. Like no way. That I movie mean, they got chili dogs over there, dude. Uh, I can recite that movie. It's so good. What is uh, number one, Charlie? You're gonna say Bull uh, Durham or Field of Dreams?
1: It, well, so it's it's The Sandlot and Bull Durham for me.
0: Ooh, I love The Sandlot.
1: I just love like love and and, and this is what I told you. Like like Bull Durham is minor league baseball. Like, so that's real. it. Like, that's the love of the game. Like that's the grind, you know, it's, it's not, you know, the, like the, the money and the models and the big league, you know, it's like riding on the bus with that guy who won't shut up with his guitar. And and, and the one guy, you know, you hit the bowl, you know, you, you <laughs> eat a steak, like that's, that's baseball for me, you know, like that's, that's just loving the game. And, and I mean, that's, that's where I'm coming from.
0: I like it. I would not argue either one of them. They're both great. I just have a, a huge romance with major league. I'll tell you though, a month and a half ago, do yourself this favor. If you have time, I sat with my assistant and her two boys, which one of them is trying getting ready to try out for for uh, his high school baseball team. Uh, well, he's going into next year. He'll be trying out for his baseball team, so we're trying to get him prepared through his last season of Babe Ruth. But we watched the bench warmers together, and I literally mm-hmm. fell off my couch laughing. If you haven't seen that lately, watch it because it is freaking hilarious, and it's got a lot of good baseball reference in there really
1: i've seen it before i like it it's funny good cast it's it's funny but i'll go back and watch it for you
0: yeah do that and stay in touch with me i'm going to get you the exact dates of our excursion in november you're always welcome but that one i think we would have a heck of a a fun time on um maybe we'll even bring brad errington on that one and let him run some
1: dogs for us well that'll be cool he can teach me how to use my dog
0: yeah well that's the big part of what you're getting ready to do is the transition period you know of getting becoming a good handler that's why i went down there i i got to learn some tricks
1: yeah that's important i that's important
0: all right well do me a favor before the game on uh friday holler at your boy if you need any advice
1: all right yeah i'll be sure i'll be sure no sorry just have the clubhouse joke about it just have
0: just have the sports information director the clubhouse manager call me if you need
1: to get me all right okay you might not
0: be you might not be getting your front foot down in time you might be dropping your back elbow i'll send you some
1: (laughs) i'll send you some video oh you i'll I'll, you can critique it Um, i'll word it out for you
0: just keep at it man i appreciate you my man good luck and uh be careful tomorrow. Send me a fish if you have the ability. Can you take a selfie holding the fly rod and a trout at the same time? We'll get a pick. We'll get a pick for you. Are you are you teaming up with somebody tomorrow? Yeah, I got friends. Oh, I know yeah. you have friends, but I didn't I know if it a was friend. a
1: solitude day, you know? No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to I'll have some friends. I'm not going to be like right on top of them. We'll spread out. We'll uh-huh. be Solitary together.
0: All right. Get get that six feet apart and get me a picture in a banded hat, a banded jacket. Did I send you some banded stuff yet? Are you wearing banded?
1: Yeah. I got some uh I got a t-shirt. I got some waiters. waiters. I got those before before I knew you. Um good stuff. I yeah. got
0: I gotta get you some updated stuff. Plan on that when when you're we're getting close to waterfowl season. Okay. That's Chuck Nasty. The bearded, bearded badass with a bat. The bearded badass with a bat. That's kind of alliteration, right there. Uh, bearded badass with a bat.
1: Good it's, word. It's pretty good, yeah. right
0: there. All right, man. It's uh, it's like eleven thirty. What time do you are you getting up to fly fish? Do you have to be up there mm-hmm. in the sun?
1: No, it's too cold. Too cold. Too I'm gonna, cold. Gonna 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 get a full night's sleep and then go.
0: Is your wife pissed at me for keeping you this late?
1: Mm. She may or may not be asleep on me right now.
0: All right. Well, tell her hello. Um, I'll look at the home schedule and get a flight up to Denver and let you know when I'm going to be around so I can come to the yard. And that will be a good way for me to check out the swing and see what I need to work on with you.
1: (laughs) I'll save you a ticket.
0: I appreciate that. I will talk to you soon. Charlie Blackman, he is the man. Colorado Rockies all-star right fielder gold glove winner silver slugger winner batting title winner the man Does it all and he's so humble. That's why we love having him here We're proud to call him a friend can't wait to hunt with him This has been another episode of this life ain't for everybody podcast Check out our sister podcast the foul life and where the payment ends jack daniels Thank you so much again for believing in our lifestyle and culture. Enjoy it responsibly Never allow underage drinking tom jake hit that button. This song is called what you gonna do when the money's all gone by my good friend, Leith Lawton.
1: I'd rather be poor living off in a hole Richest hill without a soul Life on earth won't last too long So what you gonna do when the money's all gone Tell me now.